influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to A. Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's A. Thompson. Dun dun dun. Ba ba bow. Uh, ladies and gents, welcome to episode 190-190 of Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments, your twice, sometimes thrice weekly delve into the worlds of politics and news and dystopia and shit. Uh, what's going on out there? What's happening, people? Let's let's just jump like straight into it this time, shall we? I'm not going to do the usual drivel about the live shows that are coming up or the Patreon. Uh, you guys, you you know about all that stuff already. So let's let's just get into it this time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there's a couple of stories I think we should broach today. A couple of matters that need discussing. Uh, the first one is the first one's kind of serious about climate change, about flooding of London potentially when the ice caps melt. And then the second one is actually kind of funny. <laughs> No, the second one is is the comic relief. It's you know, the the relief to the seriousness of the first one. So by all tradition, we should do the serious bit first, shouldn't we? You know, if you do a light entertainment show or you do a news bulletin or whatever, you you get all the serious shit out of the way, and then you round off with the comedy, the uplifting stuff. You leave leave your viewers and listeners in a good mood. Put them back out into the world in a in a good and positive emotional state. That's what you're supposed to do. But this is not that, people. This podcast is a fucking downer. <laughs> We've been through this. Guys, if you want to feel uplifted despite the chaos, you need to watch Good Morning Britain or Vine or some shit. <laughs> That's more up your street. The sort of show where they're like, and Putin is about to fry you alive with a collection of nuclear warheads that will take your skin off. But here's Daphne with the weather. This is not that. What this is, is the opposite of that, you know? Not the sad, depressing round off of the comedy. Instead, it's, you know, we start with the comedy and it just gradually gets worse. Like, right now, we're in a good place, you know, ish, sort of. We're feeling upbeat. Maybe you're feeling excited by the prospect of having another episode of the podcast laid in your lap this week. But by the end of the show, yeah, you're going to be sobbing on your train carriage, staring at your podcast player with your, you know, iPod earbud things in or headphones on or whatever. And you're going to be crying on the train <laughs> at how bad everything is. So much so that the other commuters, they're going to think that you're on a call to your boyfriend, you know, holding your phone, with your earbuds in, and that he's breaking up with you because you sat there crying. That is what this is, this show. It's a real downhill bummer. Cheers, by the way. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Right. I was having a chat with a friend of mine the other day. And he was like, well, I mean, what even is your podcast? Like, is it a sort of another comedy podcast thing? Is it just like you talking to your mates? And, you know, I was like, no, nah, it's like, like, you know, the saying comedy equals tragedy plus time. You ever heard that saying? 
obviously the comedians listening to this will have, but like general people, public, public, <laughs> public people might not have. Comedy equals tragedy plus time. Like the idea is that, you know, you take whatever tragedy, wait long enough and it will become, it could become comedy. You know, like it's like when you go through a hard time and then somebody goes, well, you laugh about this one day, you know, comedy can be found in tragedy plus time. That's a general rule of thumb. Well, what we do on this show is we screw that up. We throw it in the recycling. This, I'll tell you what this is. This is comedy plus time <laughs> ends up tragic. That's where this show is. You know, we start off funny, add a little bit of time, about 45 minutes usually. And it's just this emotional hollowing out with no relief, <laughs> no sort of like, you know, at the end when the credits are rolling and you, you feel a relief, like maybe you learned a lesson from this thing, whatever it is that you're watching. You feel good about that, maybe you're satisfied. There's a resolution at the end. You know, that is not that. <laughs> Can't stress that enough. Sometimes I get talking to, uh, you know, PR people or producers and stuff and and they try to advise me on this show. They say shit like, um, you know, you got to you got to have a rethink. You got to think about what it is that you're giving to your listeners aid. Uh, you, you need to take your listeners on a journey. And I'm like, I am. <laughs> it just happens to be down some sort of fucked up depression cul-de-sac, you know. Where at the end of it, you're like, well, hang, hang on a second. Is, isn't there like an upside? Like, aren't we supposed to round off with some... No, no. <laughs> no comedy in the end. No uplifting. So, But there should be like an uplifting end to this shit. Should, no. No, there's not. You're just here with me now. Here in purgatorial, depressive sheer together. You're just with me. Here, just shut the fuck up about wanting to be happier. Everything is awful. Just grab a seat and drink with me. In this most dispiriting of corners of the podcast universe. So there you go. You, you got an intro after all. How about that shit? You know, I was just saying, like, let's just jump straight into it. You don't need any of the intro stuff. You got you got a bonus intro. Anyway, let's let's get into this, shall we? Should we do the funny one first? As per usual. Let's let's do it. So big story at the moment. Uh, Nigel Farage has apparently. I don't know if that's any sort of, you know, measure of veracity of truth. But Nigel Farage says <laughs> he's had his bank accounts frozen. Now, you may or may not be aware of this already because it is all over Twitter. You know, him shitting his tits about it, crying that his bank have cancelled his account. So this is after Richard Tice was complaining a few months ago that Reform UK, which is a sort of... um uh, you know, rehash of the Brexit party, if you like, uh, like same faces, you know, same backers, but they do, they just can't call themselves the Brexit party now. So they've rebranded as reform, if you like. So, you know, it's the same shit as before, just different name. They're like the sugar babes coming back as MKS, you know, <laughs> for those who are as partial to radio Two pop as they are to a, metaphor anyway look farage has had his bank now apparently frozen and uh, robin to his batman richard tice of reform uk he was complaining that they had had their bank accounts 
shut down some months ago. So there's this idea kind of, you know, bleeding out that the alt-right or far-right, you know, depending on which of their policies we're talking about that day, that they are being persecuted by the financial services industries. Just, you know, persecuted, just unfairly targeted, you know? They're like, they're like refugees in a dinghy, guys. You know, poor old monorail Tice. Poor, poor Nigel Farage. Helplessly targeted. Like a sort of, uh, like a minority, almost, aren't they? Who, who through no fault of their own, are just being maliciously targeted for the benefit of a political agenda of a privileged group of of people god what must that be like for them life is so unfair etc etc anyway this uh this latest faragean flare-up has happened you know according to nige uh let's let's read his tweet shall we word for word let's try to make sense of this here we go this is his tweet from yesterday afternoon when all of this exploded onto twitter so he says the establishment are trying to force me out of the UK by closing my bank accounts. I've been given no explanation or recourse as to why this is happening to me. This is serious political persecution at the very highest level of our system. And if they can do it to me, they can do it to you too. So, so that's what he said. So the crux of this is... They shut my bank accounts. They haven't said why. I'm being politically persecuted and they will come for you next. That's what he said. So, dear listeners, influencers, people of the booge, let's pull this shit apart, shall we? So it starts off. It says the establishment are trying to force me out of the UK by closing my bank accounts. Well, where is the proof? That this is the establishment who are closing your fucking bank accounts. Because for that to be true, for it to be the establishment, the blob, you know, whatever you want to call it this week, the wokerati, for that to be true that the establishment are closing your bank accounts to try and force you out, you would have to believe that HSBC <laughs> or, or RBS or Santander, you know, that they, as private international businesses, whose entire MO is keeping their customers' money secure, you'd have to believe that they've just gone, <laughs> fuck it, let's shut him down. You know, I'm sure he won't go on Twitter and cause us any problems, you know, reputational damage, right? You'd have to believe that they hate him more then they like having a functioning business, wouldn't you? You'd have to believe that they hate him more than they like having a reputation that allows them to continue doing business. Like, I'm sure there are people out there who hate him more than they like having a business. You know, like if I was running an ice cream truck, if I was running an ice cream truck and I had the choice <laughs> of ram raiding my ice cream truck into his uber you know high speed on a motorway i would make the calculation that yes 
I probably, I probably would physically murderously hate him more than I would enjoy having that business. I'm sure there is, you know, that kind of case here and there out there. But do we really believe that his bank are willing to trash their own international reputation as a cash safe haven because they don't like him very much? Like, really? And second, for them to take this sort of action against Farage, you know, and seemingly Farage alone, or one of a very few selected, you know, group of individuals being bank cancelled, for want of a better phrase. Like, you would have to believe that banks have a red line that they don't cross with regards to who they're willing to do business with and who they absolutely will rule out, you know? But they're coming for me because they have a problem with me. They're persecuting me. Like, banks don't give a travel lodge fuck who they do business with. They really don't. Like, banks are moral arbiters now, are they? <laughs> Motherfucker. Like, banks are fine shaking hands with people way shadier than Farage. I promise you. Fucking frog-faced motherfucker in his double-breasted suit upending the establishment. Oh, we're the bad boys of Brexit. That's what we are. Like, maybe you think you're a bad man. And that's why they shut your account down. Maybe you think that's what happened. But I don't think banks give a shit, buddy. I really don't. Banks are too busy signing deals and ring-fencing cash from drug cartels and people traffickers and fucking warlords. Like, that is their thing. So for us to believe that the bank have closed your account due to, you know, political pressure from the establishment, you'd have to believe that their green zone includes all of that, but they draw the line at a Britain's full billboard. You know, <laughs> that, that is honestly what we say. It's like, yeah, yeah, um, uh, Mr. Smythe. Yeah, um, excuse me. Sorry, sorry to bother you. We've got the bullion from the Ramirez cartel. That's arriving at nine. Um, uh, OK, yeah, that sounds fine. Oh, and um, Putin would like to move his bearer bonds to Zurich on the 15th. Well, OK, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, and sorry, uh, Epstein is on line two. He would like a $90 million loan to build some sort of Nonsberger theme park. Right, yeah, no, that, that sounds good. Green light it and uh, then do me a favour, throw the negotiators off the 20th floor to cover up the tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And, oh, and finally... A Mr. Farage would like to open a current account with us. With the, um, the, the Britain is full guy. Oh, oh, oh heavens no. I, I, fr frankly, I find him off pallet. This is fucking banks. Banks who get fined hundreds of millions of dollars by regulators who work with traffickers. Banks who get caught up in suspicious deaths from 30-story windows. Like... If banks don't like the cut of your jib, <laughs> maybe maybe if you've lost a moral high ground to banks, it's time to recalibrate, lads. I don't know. Like I was reading, I was reading about this a while back. And honestly, man, like some of the bankster stuff out there is balls to the wall wild. It really is. Like Google fucking Deutsche Bank deaths. Honestly, like, we'll maybe do it from, like, a public library computer. <laughs> don't do it from your house. Don't do it anywhere trackable. But the Deutsche Bank thing is crazy. It's like, you know, there's this whistleblower 
Right, a guy called um, Val Brokesmith, I think his name was. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Um, let's say it is, though. Val Brokesmith, right? And his dad, his dad was a banker who, quote-unquote, killed himself, right? But then when they found the body, like, all of his personal financial papers and, like, business work, it was all pulled out of his filing cabinets and his boxes and strewn everywhere. Like, it was like somebody was looking for something, right? And his body's just swinging there, you know. And then his dad's mate or his dad's colleague arrived or something. And the stepson was saying, like, it was weird because this guy was there. But he wasn't, like, you know, overly helping. or Like, he was just going through all of my stepdad's thing. Like, I, I hope I'm remembering this correctly. I may well not be. <laughs> but I do remember that the stepson had some real, like, misgivings about the behaviour of people in the immediate aftermath of his stepdad's apparent suicide. <laughs> in, in inverted commas. And then, oh yeah, fuck. Like, and so then the kid, right, the stepson, actually took his stepdad's passwords, right? And then used them to reveal Deutsche Bank's role in this money laundering shit with Russia and the Trump organization. Like this was in like the New York Times. It's fucking legit. And then, right, so his stepdad dies, slightly suspicious. He picks up the passwords. He reveals a load of dodgy stuff. And then guess what happens to him? Yeah, found dead. Mysterious circumstances in Los Angeles. It's fucking shady, man. That is Banks, Nigel. <laughs> banks, banks find me to be such a bad boy, they can't handle it. Mate! Fucking bank, like HSBC got fined almost a hundred million for money laundering because they funneled like a billion dollars from this cartel to that safety deposit box in Zurich or some shit. Like even Coots, which is rumoured to be the actual bank that Farage is talking about, who have shut his account. Even Coots, which is this high profile, upper tier private bank like if you've got a coots card you're doing all right but even coots got fined for fucking off anti-money laundering processes this is a few years ago like none of these guys give a king's cross fuck what you do where you got your money or how bereft of moral fiber you are like so so this whole like they just can't take my concerningly fascistic and populist agit like it's just you know it's it's a stretch that that frankly i shouldn't be doing while still recovering from glasto is is all i'm saying you know i don't know man like if if you believe him that banks are somehow what like activists now <laughs> If you're if you're tempted to buy that idea, like for anyone wondering just how right on or lefty or, you know, self-righteous or guided by morals, your bank is like this is banks. Right. Yeah. Um. Hi, I would um. I'd like to open an account, please. Uh, high volume, lots of international transactions. Uh, OK. Um. Are you a bad guy? Uh, well, um. Define bad. Well, do you do you murder people? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Well, um, do you facilitate drug or people trafficking? Uh, yes and yes. Right. Um, has, has your business ever engaged in the proliferation of an elite tier pedophile island for visiting princes and presidents? Uh, yeah. No, yeah, we, we did quite a bit of that a few years ago. Right. Um, okay. This is getting a, a rather complicated. Okay. L last question. Um, do you or have you ever shared your Netflix login with extended family? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's that. That's the worst one. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I feel feel really really bad about that one. Okay, but but you've written here that you expect to be keeping a uh, uh, twenty seven million dollars with us for the foreseeable future. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Okay, well, here's your bank card and your online passcode. Is there anything else? No, no. That's that's actually um very helpful. Thank you. Um, can, can I just ask? All of this is, is dodgy as fuck, right? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So what happens if anyone outside of your immediate team, you know, like a journalist or a, you know, competing bank, perhaps, you know, what happens if they find out about our relationship or, you know, what I'm up to or what? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw off my fucking balcony. You know, it's fine. Oh, good. Okay, good. Like, I'm not fucking about, like, read up on the Deutsche Bank shit. It is wild. <laughs> it's these, like... Connected bankers, internationally d dispersed, right? But all linked with this same scandal. And they all committed suicide. <laughs> in, in the space of like 18 months. It's fucking nuts. But this is one guy. Uh, his name is David Rossi. Or Rossi, I think. And he was 51. He was a PR guy. He wasn't like a banker, banker guy. He was a communications chief or something. Like a PR guy for the world's oldest bank. Not JP Morgan, not Coots. None of these places. It's a place called uh, Monte de Pasci di Siena or something. Never going to know how to pronounce that correctly. Anyway, the world's oldest bank. And he was a, a comms guy. And they found him dead in an alleyway beneath his third floor office window right and you think okay maybe he jumped you know maybe he killed himself but he was facing upwards like normally like if you're going to commit suicide like that jump off your office balcony you face down you leap out from the balcony right this guy lands as though he's been pushed backwards and it gets worse it's like then there's cctv of these two shadowy fingers, like where the CCTV lo looks at his where his body landed, and there's these two shadowy figures that approach his at that point still alive, like it's twitching, like his leg is moving, or whatever. And it's like you know he didn't die instantly. And these two men sort of approach him, right? Sort of look at him like they don't offer any help. It's like they're checking if he's dead, you know, or dying, or very close to death. And then they walk away. Like, this is Banks. This is Banks, Nige. Is this a lefty activist kind of world to you? Does it sound like that? Really? And obviously that is just one of Deutsche Bank's suicides. And Deutsche Bank is just one of a galaxy of banks. But you get my point. You know, I mean, Farage has come out with some shit in his time. Hasn't he? Like, the guy's like a fucking conveyor belt of hate and grift and demonstrable bullshit, right? Just funneling, funneling it out again and again. Occasionally, 
with the intermission of the odd gin promotion. <laughs> Just to break it up a little bit. But top of the list of his greatest hits now is the idea that banks who habitually work with drug cartels and child sex traffickers and throw motherfuckers off buildings, refuse to work with Nigel Farage because, frankly, they find him distasteful. Do you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I, like, I, thought, I thought Marina Perkis, the lovely Marina Perkis, I thought she came out with a, a great observation this morning. She was like, um, she was like, gosh... I do hope none of the bigwigs at NatWest are massive Tories, you know, or my bank account could be next, you know, <laughs> like, like there is a near zero risk that someone like Marina Perkins is going to get her accounts frozen. And do you know why? Because I'm guessing Marina Perkins doesn't spend her life running around Chelsea trying to solicit donations from the sort of people who want to do donate to political parties like Nigel Farage's or Richard Tice's, who would gladly nosedive the economy if it meant they got a 0.5% tax rate adjustment or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, Marina's risk here feels minimal. And there's an important point there, right? Like, the reason Farage gets himself in this kind of bother isn't because banks are morally centred or the establishment are out to get him, you know? The reason banks might have a problem with cash moving in and out of Farage's account is, you know, I mean, i got to be careful saying this because I, I don't fucking know what he's up to financially, but I can imagine, <laughs> I can playfully speculate the, the kind of person that a Nigel Farage solicits donations from, right? Like, I'm not saying his donors are 100% dodgy. I have fucking no idea. But put yourself in the position of someone who would donate to Nigel Farage or to a Reform UK. What does that person look like to you? What do you think their background is? Who is that person likely to be? What is it they're looking to achieve by applying this financial support to apply, in turn, you know, political pressure? What is it that they would want? Well, they want that alt-right, low-tax ideology shit, don't they? Like, they're not going to give a fuck about public services. They're not going to give a shit about what happens to your pension or interest rates when trust 2.0 takes off like i reckon and it is just my opinion you know ladies gents lawyers <laughs> but i put myself like you know in a brexit party or a richard ties or a reforms you know or a donor's position i reckon they would happily donate three hundred thousand pounds to party x right if party x they agree to bring corporation tax down to nothing, right? If they pledge to kill off inheritance tax, if they make the top rate tax, not just like abolished, like it's still there, but just, you know, if you earn over 300 grand a year, you pay absolutely nothing. You are tax free, man. You are just a celebrated winner of capitalism. You made it, you know? They just give you a little trophy. Well done, Joseph. You fucking nailed this capitalism shit. 
You got over the 300 barrier yet? No? Oh, next year. Next year. Yeah, cool. You know, I reckon the kind of person who donates to that party or these people would very much be a sort of, you know, and to hell with the consequences sort of person, right? Like they would announce a trust on steroids budget, slash taxes, no workings, no planning. The markets would go insane again. It'd be like the mini budget, except not mini, right? Pensions would envelope. But these motherfuckers don't have pensions. Mortgages would explode. But none of them have mortgages. They own everything outright. Bonds would just be gone. But what do you need bonds for? To borrow money to run the country, right? When none of these cunts are using the NHS or comprehensive schools and shit. Like, these, these are people with their capital offshore and protected. So the kind of person who's going to donate to a political party like that, who may or may not have had, you know, previous experience in destroying democracies, I don't know. And who might be connected to other morally bankrupt sacks of shit in, in expensive suits who don't give a fuck about what happens to old ladies dying on trolleys or schools shuttering or domestic violence shelters closing. I'm just saying, like, if you solicit donations from Machiavellian nefarious individuals who don't give dick one what happens to anyone but themselves, maybe you shouldn't be surprised when one or two of them turn out to be a bit shady and your bank go... Hang on, bit of weird activity on this account here. Shut it down, cancel it, send it off to the FCA, send it off to the NCA. Do you know what I mean? How could you be surprised at that? Like, once again, like, I'm not saying I know anything about the financial dealings of Nigel Farage or the Brexit party or Tice or anyone. I'm sure they're lovely people who've only ever taken money from patriots who love and want what's best for our country. I'm sure that's 100% accurate. But I'm just saying, you know, if your vision for the future of the UK is a poorly thought through Trussian nightmare where everything implodes to hell with public services and your donors share that sociopathic dream and fuck everyone else... Maybe don't be surprised when the people you get into bed with have also gotten into bed with some other sociopaths, you know, or something. Am I making sense? It's like, you know, imagine me rolling over post-coital. Imagine that. Like I've just had sex with a beautiful, though, you know, rather trashy. <laughs> 28-year-old harlot that I've picked up in a bar. Imagine that, right? Me with my goofy teeth, my massive sticky-out ears, my haggard leprechaun face, my slightly paunchy belly. I've just been fortunate enough to have sex in Hattie. Right? <laughs> I don't know why that's her name, but that's, let's, let's go with it. Me and Hattie, and she's a size six blonde from Brighton. And she is objectively beautiful, but perhaps, you know, a little bit rough around the edges, whatever. Then as I'm laying there, you know, with my big ears, my goofy teeth, my slightly overweight, you know, gut going on. Anyway, my penis starts then flaring up, right? Imagine I'm like, whoa, 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 what the fuck, Hattie? You've given me chlamydia or gonorrhea or something for fuck's sake. Like, what the fuck is all this? Like, look at me. 
What? Why is my dick dribbling, Hattie? What the fuck is with these spots coming up? And then she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a filthy fucking harlot, remember? <laughs> and I'm like, no, how, how was I supposed to know that you were a filthy fucking harlot? And then she turns around, she's like, well, I fucked you. You know, like, that is Farage. You've got to be careful who you get into bed with, Nige. If you're going to go soliciting donations from the sort of people who would donate to a Faragean nightmare, don't be surprised when those people turn out to be precisely the sort of person they were always definitely going to be and the problems that you were always going to get from them. But yeah, just, just for the benefit of the lawyers, no, I don't know who the fuck their donors are or how dodgy they are or are not. I'm just saying, you know, if your personality type Y... Maybe don't be surprised when the sort of shit happens to you, uh, you know, not the Green Party, right? I mean, do, do, are the Green Party getting their accounts shut down? Fucking nope. <laughs> anyway, so how are the right wingers and the left, you know, and the far left types, you know, defending this and reacting to this? Because I know it sounds ridiculous. You wouldn't think that left leaning types would necessarily defend a Nigel Farage getting himself into a financial pickle. Would you? But some are. Some are defending him. Some of them are saying it sets a dangerous precedent, aren't they? Like if this is per if this is political persecution, guys, then well, this this sets a dangerous precedent. And the big thing there is if, isn't it? If. It's a political persecution, which it is not, guys. Like, if the establishment wanted to solve a problem like Nigel Farage, they would have done it before he caused them all the problems with Brexit, wouldn't they? They just fucking would have. Like, the idea that they let him crack on and horsefuck the UK economy and decimate entire industries and reduce the UK standing, not to mention specifically banking, by the way, propelling all these bankers from their cushy Liverpool Street and old Broad Street offices, like out into Paris and Frankfurt, foreign languages and shit, hemorrhaging staff, uprooting their families, losing money in British stock portfolios that tanked after the vote. You know, the idea they just turned a blind eye to all of that shit. But what now? Now he's flogging gin. It's a step too far, is it? <laughs> They're trying to shut me down because because they can't take my gin. Bitch, nobody can take your gin. <laughs> nobody. You could start cars with that shit. Like my my mate bought some Farage gin for his friend. <laughs> That's a true story. My mate bought his his friend some Farage gin like for a laugh because this guy like hates the cunt so much. But like weirdly, he loves gin. <laughs> You know, so anyway, like my mate bought him some, I think it was Farage Red or whatever it's called, like as a funny gift, because the idea was like it would leave him all deliciously conflicted, you know, like like he loves gin. So he's going to get drunk, but he hates Farage. So he'd just be sat there like self-loathing, you know, like hate drinking it. Like, oh, I can't believe I'm drinking this shit. Got to look at this cunt every time I pour it, you know. And even this guy who adores a gin said it was fucking dog shit. He was like, I'd rather lose my tongue in a lawnmower accident than taste that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And, and fuck me, man. Like, this this idea that getting a bank account cancelled is like, it's, it's him now. It's Nige now. But it could be you next. Like, it starts with Nige. At first, they came for Nige. Like, have any of these fucking idiots ever stopped to ask themselves, like, the question, why do banks suddenly cancel accounts? Like, why do they? In what scenarios do they do that? What situations might necessitate the instant closure of an account with a high-profile individual, you know, who could go on TV and shame them as unreliable? Like, what would force a bank to take that sort of radical instant action? Like, do you think banks have just, you know, pivoted? Is that what, is that what you think happened? Like, from, like, one minute they were being, they were heartless, murderous capitalists who'd, you know, probably quite like the low-tax nirvana that people like Farage and Tice are selling, you know, but just ad hoc, randomly, they pivoted from that to dip their toes in lefty activism. Like, do we really think that's what happened? Or do we think maybe is it possible that the contributing factors that might force a bank to close your account with no notice and give no reason might be. And this is chat GPT here. Here's, here's the reasons that chat GPT says that a bank in the UK might take this sort of action, right? Here you go. I said like, why might a UK bank suddenly with no notice close your account? And this is what it came out with. It said, Suspicion of fraudulent activity. <laughs> if the bank suspects any fraudulent or illegal activity associated with the account, they may close it immediately to protect their own interests and comply with legal requirements. The second one, breach of terms and conditions. If the account holder has violated the bank's terms, such as engaging in prohibited activities or repeatedly overdrawing the account, which, you know, I'm not going to throw stones there, but... Yeah. Uh, next one. Third one. Money laundering concerns. Banks are obligated to comply with AML regulations. That's anti-money laundering. Uh, if the bank suspects any suspicious transactions or believes the account is being used for money laundering, they may close it abruptly. Inactivity or low balance. Again, you know, people in glass houses. Uh, changes in risk assessment. Banks may periodically reassess the risk associated with their customers if the bank determines that the risk associated with a particular account is no longer acceptable, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's Nige now, guys. But it could be you next. It could be you that this happens to next. The bank might close your account if they have a suspicion that you're getting up to fraudulent activity or if you're engaging in prohibited activities, or if there are money laundering concerns, it could be you next. <laughs> if you fail the risk assessment, if your risk profile dramatically changes, it could be you next, guys. Well, not, not really. <laughs> not unless I'm, not unless I'm engaging in money laundering or, or suspicious activity or, you know, or if I'm connected to illegal activity or, you know, then, then probably not. Probably won't be me next. But people are like, they could, they could shut your bank account aid. I'm like, good. <laughs> 
They're fucking my life up and taking my home. Like, to be honest with you, if they just shut my mortgage and overgraft and credit card, it'd probably be a net positive. <laughs> oh, man. Right, here's, here's what I want to have happened. Here's how I hope this story develops now, right? Here's how I hope this develops. So, it's, I hope a PR guy, you know, like a comms guy from Coots, if indeed it is Coots he's banking with, I hope that this Coots guy has to go on Sky News and explain why they closed Farage's bank, right? In fact, do you know what? Put him on GB News, right? Even better. Make it GB, right? And then I hope some hot-headed, red-cheeked prick in a red, white, and blue tie, right? <laughs> and, and he's, like, dampening his boxers at the ecstasy he's in, you know, being able to humiliate this coots guy in front of the nation for causing his hero, Nigel Farage, some hardship. You know, this guy's like presenter guy sat in a chair behind a desk, satellite link to Coots HQ, and he'll be like, Mr. Fairfax, Mr. Fairfax Smythe, you're, you're the representative for Coots. Perhaps you can explain to the good people of Britain why you lefty bankers took it upon yourself to unfairly and without reason persecute Mr. Farage by shutting his bank account. Why did you do it? You know, and then and then I hope the Coots guy, like, leans in, just, like, sighs, you know, clears his throat. He's like, <clears throat> God, all right. And then I hope he goes, I mean, it's um, it's it's quite simple, really. We, we did try to explain it three or four times uh, to Mr. Farage, but, you know, fine. If he wants it out in the open, it's okay with us. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, Coots do not want to provide transactions with weird internet websites that supply dog-fucking videos. That is it. That's all this is. Mr. Farage could go to a different bank, get a different current account, with it, like anybody else, Barclays, RBS, Lloyds, fucking Monzo, whoever, and use his new MasterCard to order that shit through them. That is fine. But this is coots, motherfucker. And we have no interest from a PR or business or public perception perspective in being the middleman in a dog porn transaction. This like this. The GB News guy would be like, right, well, um, <clears throat> I mean, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's, uh, that's cleared that up there. And then, it, like, the producer's in his earpiece. He's like, no, 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 you idiot. Like, clap back. You know, tell him banks have got no business policing the proclivities of private individuals. Uh, ask the viewers what the world's coming to when, when wokeist snowflakes get offended. Oh, we bit of dog fucking. But, uh, like, the presenters maybe had enough at that point. Just taking off that Union Jack tie and lapel mines. Like, oh, no, fuck this. <laughs> but the producer's still going. He's like, no, no, sit, sit down, Jack. Sit down. Like, tell, tell them not fucking dogs is work. Just come back. Sit down. You, you won't get your invoice paid. But he's just fucking done. He's like... He's like, oh, you can keep the 23 pounds. It's not worth this. Honestly, man, like I've spent, I spent the whole fucking thing roasting Farage now. We can talk about climate change, like the size of like the river rising in London and stuff. I saw this article on, uh, on the Guardian uh, talking about like when, when the ice caps begin to melt, like drastically, what the fuck is going to happen to London? Because the current like flood reserve and like, like the walls that keep the Thames, it like, I don't think they're built to be able to handle that shit. But now I've spent the whole time fucking ripping into Farage. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, the whole thing, it is ridiculous, isn't it? Like it starts, it starts with me, but it'll happen to you guys. You know, they're after you, really. I'm just selflessly 
in the way. I'm just a selfless human shield. Keeping them at bay for you. These fucking cretins, man. Like, they, if they smothered a human baby while double parking, right, and then they get arrested and charged for it, they'd be on Twitter the next day. They'd be like, this could just as easily be you. Guys, that's it. Uh, that's all I've got time for. i got to run. But thank you so, so much for continuing your support of the podcast, whether it's just, you know, listening to the episodes as and when they come out on Spotify and Apple, or if you jump onto the live stream every Friday night at half seven, or if you're on the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. You get uh, episodes of the pod two days before everyone else. So if you like your podcast topical, Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a good look for you. You also get a bunch of other benefits on there. Uh, I've got a Discord channel where fans of the podcast we all jump in there. I'm in there every day. Uh, we talk shit about Tories. You know, we talk about politics, life, love, the universe. Um, so there's that. You also get first dibs on live shows. So we did um, a couple of meetups in London in Brick Lane, drank a load of tequila. That was just for the Patreons. But you also get first dibs, like first look at tickets for live shows. Like we did the one at uh, 21 Soho in February. Um, I've just done Glastonbury with Danny and Tan. But also I've got my own gig, which you will no doubt have heard me rabbit on about. Um, that's coming up Thursday, the 28th of September at the book club in Shoreditch, Thursday the 28th of September. And that's with Otto English, Ashley Hayden, me, John Left of the Countryside. Um, that's going to be great fun, man. That's like to celebrate the growth of this podcast, of my cult, of the Patreon. Uh, it's going to be a good night, man. So, um, uh, yeah, so you get first look for tickets for that sort of stuff. Um, also, for the £10 tier, like Patreon people, I'm throwing in the option. You don't have to take me up on it, but I'm very happy to do it, uh, of a monthly Skype call with yours truly. Uh, you can literally ask me anything. You can. We can talk shit about politics if you like. You can. I can tell you more about the podcast and how it got started and my background, if that's of interest. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff. Have, have a look at patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. Um, I suppose I should talk a bit about the Riot Society as well, like quickly. So um, me, Danny and Tan originally, uh, we arranged to do this night in Soho back in February. And then Tan got COVID, so she had to kind of drop out. And um, and then we had a load of problems with the venue and it was a bit of a ball ache. Um, but anyway, we're back. We I thought it was going to be a one-off. I thought we'd had our fingers burnt. Like we're all like, well, that was fucking effort. We didn't make any, any money out of it. We like lost money personally on that night. So fuck that. Let's do, we'll come back. We'll do it again at some point. Anyway, some point is now because Glastonbury went so well and, uh, you know, we're all doing OK with our individual projects. And we were like, do you know what? Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. So we got another date in the diary. I've put some details on Instagram. You can follow Danny fucking Price or go to Super Tansky's Twitter or whatever. You'll find the link, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, it's in November. It's the Riot Society, different venue, but that's going to be a lot of fun too. So I'd really encourage you to jump on that, get your tickets nice and early because uh, that one definitely will sell out. Um, that's about it, really. Just a, a big doff of the cap to all of you for continuing your support, really. Without you guys, I really am just an angry, alcoholic man ranting to himself in a shed, you know? And in fact, even with you, that is largely what i am still but i you know i appreciate the love um and also finally just on the patreon stuff um you get a like name and shaming at the end of episodes you get credited at the episodes like this so uh big shouts to bowman chris david mojo sabian oliver peter pingu and then we've got Stuart, t-rex aaron alex uh 
another Alex, sorry, Alex Suter, Alex Tooth. And then we've got uh, Kai, we've got Jeff, we've got Mark H, we've got Ned, we've got Paul, we've got Ricardo, we've got Sarah, we've got Silent. Uh, thank you so, so much. I've also, I've got a few like £3 tier ones. So you get like three tiers on there, £3, £5, £10. Um, and I've, I've started sort of, so like the, the naming and shaming, the crediting at the end of it uh, is for £5 upwards. So it's very slightly shorter this time. Um, please don't hate me. Right, that's it, guys. I've really got to go. I've got, I've got to go and check on my kids, man. Um, I'll be back later on tonight, actually, with uh, John Left at the Countryside. He's my guest this week. Uh, until next time, stay safe, keep it booge, keep it strictly hashtag Bimfluencer, and we're out this motherfucker. Bimfluencer.